Bass Trouble listeners. This is Renee Coleman sitting here without my co-host, the original Trouble Man for Trouble Times and next mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. He is not here. He, uh, hashtag not in custody. <laughs> Wait, excuse me. Hashtag not in jail, only in custody. Okay, I could get that right. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Manny is uh, otherwise indisposed today. So, you know, as always, uh, trouble never ends, but the struggle continues. So uh, we're going to struggle right along here. We have uh, with us a, uh, a uh, substitute co-host that you're all familiar with. He's uh, an old friend of mine, a uh, former uh, guest on the show, former Troubled Men alumna, uh, alumnus, I guess is the word. Uh, Mr. Jeff Treffinger. Welcome, Jeff. Greetings, troubled man. I'm shaking already. Okay, so... Uh, you look good with rocks. Thanks. I look good with the shakes. It's how I normally look. Um, shaky dude, you know. Uh, we'll get into this next thing. Cause well, if, you mo- can't, if you're not shaking, you're not on the move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm definitely on the move <laughs> somewhere. I'm not sure where. Um, uh, I, I, I want to talk about my, my new favorite show, but I'm going to hold off on that because I want to bring our, our uh, guest. So not only do we have a uh, substitute co-host and Mr. Jeff Treffinger, we have a man who has been uh, referred to on the podcast before. He's uh, familiar to many of our troubled listeners out there. Um, he's a uh, former uh, club owner, property owner, and uh, the singer with with our great band, the Geraniums, and back in town after a, a, a somewhat long absence, Mr. Brendan Gallagher. Welcome, Brendan. And still troubled. Still Very troubled. troubled. Yes, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking on the way over here, and keep that mic right up to your mouth, because I like to hear people breathing and sighing and laughing, even when they're not saying anything. Those are all con- contributing factors. It, gives, it, it contributes to the ambiance of the, the whole troubled environment. So I was thinking on the way over here that, in fact, uh, I don't think we've ever had a guest who has not gone through uh, Catholic uh, religious education. And I think you are no exception. All right. No, definitely not. <laughs> and especially the, with the, uh, uh, the abuse of priests. I've had that, too. Oh, really? Okay, well, that's... So uh, I'm right, very timely. Okay, well, that may be a first, I'm but... A, uh, I lived in Pennsylvania, even. Oh, wow, okay. Well, it's, it's finally, it's going to make it a lot easier to tell these jokes, because, you know, I've had to cut out so many chunks on this subject, because while I'm passionate about it, it's tough to make it funny. It's tough to make it funny. It's hard to laugh, you know? Now, uh, you know, all laughter is, uh, what are they, uh, comedy is uh, tragedy plus time. So... Certainly had the tr- the tragic element involved in this story. Yes. Uh, well, you know, I I when I was a kid, I d- I thought the priest was you know he was actually told me that he thought that I had a chance to be a professional basketball player. Now that <laughs> that, that in itself that in was, itself a come was on. like wow. <laughs> well, I mean, nobody else believes in me like that. You know? <laughs> I said, hey. Look, you want to you want to touch my penis? That's okay, as long as as long as I'm going to be a professional. But you think I can be a professional basketball player? This is this is what it takes, son. Yeah, that's what that's what he told me. Yeah, it's, you know, commitment. It's uh, you know, it, it can't be can't be underestimated. Um, so you know, so yes, that's that's been. I knew this uh, this grand jury testimony was coming down for some time. Now, uh, you know, just today, as as fresh as today's news. In fact, I was. F- Paging through the our local newspaper down here in New Orleans, where the blues was born, um, it's a story about the Catholic Church. Now, strangely enough, it's not about any of the the stuff that's been going on in the zeitgeist of the Catholic Church recently. It's a story about uh, this local school in Terrytown, right across the uh, the river from from New Orleans, Jefferson Parish, and it's. Uh, it's a young black girl who who was uh, who was asked to leave school because she had uh, braids in her hair. So I'm reading this article. And I'm thinking, uh, really, that's that's what uh, Catholic schools are concerned about now. <laughs> yeah. In this in this uh, this this environment, that's what we're focusing on. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, misplaced. I misplaced would say. priorities, wouldn't you say? Jeff? I would say I would agree with you entirely. It's like because yeah. I would say. 
How about we stop fucking kids? That would be my top that one. Would be good job, I would but, say that's, know, job the, one, that's job one. In the Catholic Church's uh, behalf of, you know, the, the, the trouble at the border with the immigrants, the Catholics have been great at this, taking care of these immigrant people coming across. Okay. It's all Catholics that are taking care of the, taking care of the, the separated families. It's, it really is. It's Catholic. Yeah. And, and here in, in New Orleans, Catholic charities, they're the greatest... Yes. They're great, you know. Yes. They're just great, and you know, and then the priests, you know, it's kind of like hospitals. The doctors are fuckheads. The nurses are great. It's the <laughs> nuns, the nuns, and the and the lay people are great in the Catholic Church. Yeah, it's the priests that are the. Well, problem. it's not all of the priests, clearly. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Apparently, look like in Pennsylvania, a lot of them. Well, yeah, a lot, and 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 not m- more than just talking about uh, percentages, because you know, like in baseball, if you are successful, thirty percent of the time you're in the Hall of Fame, but. You know, if you're in the music business, if you're successful 30% of the time, you work at Kenny's Shoes. That's a very uh, uh, out-of-date reference. Let's say uh, a shoe store. Uh, so, you know, the, the, again, uh, it's, it's not baseball. We're not looking for 90% good priests and 10% rapist priests. We really got to have like 100% good priests. I would yeah. agree. So, but I would say that it's probably, you know, the, of the good priests, it's probably high 90s. You know now. Well, know. can you do that and maintain this ridiculous practice of celibacy? Well, and also, can you can you can there be ninety percent? The awareness of the priests was yes. the was the was the was the real complicity in the problem. Right. In that, uh, um, you know, I remember once I was with the with my abuser, and we went to New Rochelle at, at Salesian uh, Provincial House, and I, we were it's in this room. And it was, it was kind of a date. Uh, More must have been seventy. No, no, 60. no. What I'm saying, you, it, was, it was kind of a date. I'm no, joking. no. I okay. was with a bunch of boys. Okay, got And you. he, was, this guy, was a vocation director for the Salesians. We went to their prefect house in um, in New Rochelle, and we went in this thing. We we're in this fancy dining room. It's all oak paneled dining room, and the other priests, these old priests, were in there. They were rude to us, you know, like kind of odd to us. And I, I, I remember thinking, what do they have against? Us, you know, Salesians are, are for boys. Okay. Salesians, the whole thing is for boys. And I think these old priests were aware that Father Nugent was right. uh, being, being improper. Yes. And they were, by, Again, by their silence, the was, was like going like, hey, look, you got these boys here, but, you know, we, we don't really support that. Right. But they didn't say anything to us. They were just a little bit rude to me. But I remember thinking, rude these to old you. priests know... Right, that something's wrong here, you know. Wow, yeah, yeah. They express their disgust in, in towards you, towards me, like, and, like and, you and were, the solutions are for boys. They were supposed to. Don well, Dominic they, Savio is, you know, they, he's the they, boy they saint. Express it with disgust towards you. They did. They well, said, "Oh, it was my fault." You know, maybe it was my fault that you, I. You, you were know. leading them on. You got it. You, I, you, know, I, well, you were trying to. You were so. I was. Cute. I was. I was incredibly cute. A bit of a flirt. Yeah, but no, I would say that you know, yes, Jeff, it does come down to. Uh, an institutional corruption that we really it's you know more than than any individual it's the complicity of the entire institution that is most gut-wrenching that they would and not look this this uh this uh grand jury report that's not a result of of uh the grand jury digging in and having a million uh, investigators out there chasing down every lead they just took all the catholic church's own records and they went through them so this is all stuff yeah. the catholic church had documented they knew about they knew about forever they never divulged sure. they never acted on so you know they can't say what we didn't know <laughs> it's like well yeah we, we only know because you knew been burying this for centuries yes yes well anyway so moving on um <laughs> <laughs> but staying with the where do you uh, go from there? Staying with, no, I got a good pivot. Check it out, man. Okay. Watch how I do this. How artfully I do this. So uh, I, there was another story in the newspaper today about a teacher. Teachers, you know, it's like that's kind of a vocation of the uh, Catholic Church. You see where I'm going with this? Um, not so. Yeah, the last story was about a Catholic school. So this is another school. So this is a school in uh, North Carolina where a uh, middle school teacher who was moonlighting as a pole dance instructor was suspended by the North Carolina, her North Carolina school district. And uh, when, you know, they said, well, why is that? And, you know, a lot of people were complaining, uh, making a big ruckus on uh, social media when a, uh, a video of her pole dancing, uh, you know, surfaced. And uh, so the, pers- the spokesman for the school system said, um, let's see, 
said, employees are role models who are, quote, responsible for their public conduct even when, when they're not performing their job duties. And this girl goes on, the, the teacher goes on to say, well, you know, well, I'm not ashamed of anything. This is a part-time job. You know, it's just teaching pole dancing. I see it as an art form. So, uh, you know, but she was suspended without pay. And I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, you know, with teacher salaries as low as they are, she'd be glad she's not sucking dicks in the, in the uh, parking lot of the peep show to cover uh, this year's school supplies. Well, I mean, her role is, a, you know, a parent, somebody who has to support a family. And a teacher is only part of that role. I mean, you know, you have, the, you have to look at the full thing that you create. And when you underpay people, yeah, I mean, you create a need to fill in monetary action with other activities. Right. No matter what they are. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, mean, yeah, pay these people correctly, and then you don't have to worry about them uh, pole dancing or otherwise. Well, there's otherwise. nothing fundamentally wrong with somebody pole dancing. Sure, no. No, we, we well, support I, I it. Can't, I can't picture any of my teachers pole dancing at any point. Mrs. Brennick being pole dancing? No, no way. No way. As a matter of fact, one time I was... You know, it, Mrs. Wissinger, my fourth grade teacher, could have done She could. Oh, good. She could have done it. That's good. Well, it's good to have a sexy teacher if you I ever had, had a couple, one. man. It was but, good to uh, have a sexy teacher in fourth grade. I, I had it. I had Mrs. Brennick. Somebody wrote on the back. They had these books. They had blackboards all around the whole room, and they had somebody wrote like right behind my seat. They looked behind it and they said, "Mrs. Brennick smokes sucks moosecock." <laughs> I, I, I who wrote that on the board? Wait, how old were you? I was in sixth grade, I think. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And I, I was like, Coming "Mrs. Brennick." And Mrs. Brennick was, was I, Mrs. Brennick was a friend of mine, and uh, and I, I used to go to basketball camp with her son. But uh, but you know. Somebody wrote that on the board. I said, I couldn't imagine who in my class could even come up with something <laughs> like that. And what, ta- what, ta- what town was this? It was in Hohokus, New Jersey. In Hohokus? And, and was there a lot of moose cock floating around? <laughs> not, oh. not, not a moose cock at all. You <laughs> know, it wasn't a moose cock in sight. <laughs> not a moose cock in sight, right? So <laughs> we had Aaron Burr. a plausible piece of Aaron Burr's house was in Hohokus. Aaron Burr. <laughs> Aaron Burr and his wife, uh, Theodosa, they lived in Hohokus. Who do you make qualify as a moose cock? Uh, well, he was a loose cannon, I'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Not here. Uh, so I don't know if you guys saw, were aware of this. I know, uh, Brendan, you, you follow the news. Um, a few weeks ago, this fellow who's the uh, director of, Gardens of the, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you familiar with that, that franchise? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but people seem to love it. They, they love something about it. There's like a talking raccoon or something. I don't know. Anyway. That's they love the this. least loving thing That's about it. That's the least loving? It okay. is good. Okay. All right. Yeah. So anyway, this guy uh, got in a, a lot of trouble for some, I don't know, 10-year-old tweets or something oh, yeah. that, that. Uh, that got dug up. Now... If you drill down into the story, and of course, you know, the, the studio backlash was like, oh, God, this is so horrible that he wrote these jokes that involve uh, pedophilia as the, as the, you know, the, the turning point of the, of the joke. And, you know, they're not great jokes. They're kind of in bad taste, but whatever, man. You know, it's their fucking jokes. So anyway, he, he got fired from the job immediately, you know, summarily fired, didn't, you know, with no review, no discussion. And uh, so then you drill down. The guy that dug this shit up and promoted this to all of his little minions who then exploded it onto their social media is this guy, uh, Cernovich, who is the author of the Pizzagate uh-huh. conspiracy scandal. He's like right. Alex Jones type guy. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So and this, this guy's got a lot of shady shit in his mm-hmm. past, okay, him, Cernovich himself. But so he goes around and anybody that makes any negative comments – about about him or his whole you know ilk the whole the whole trolling business they do he targets and um, and uh, you know digs up stuff and then promotes all that and the left takes it like they fall for it every time and I just want to caution people out there and, and you know who, who you know are uh, fellow travelers of mine please let's be uh, aware of getting played by by this this alt-right um, machine that uh, because I've seen you know the left has a propensity to devour its own i.e. Al Franken I you was know that, say, Al Franken is a good yes, one. yes he didn't need to resign for no, that it's know. a joke 
And neither did, um, what's the guy in New York? uh, uh, Spitzer. Spitzer, yeah. Yeah, he didn't need to resign. Yeah. How about Anthony Weiner? Well, I, <laughs> I might have to resign. He should resign. <laughs> might, might should have resign, resign a long bro. time ago. He's probably, he's but probably I, on the I internet. Could go on. He's on the internet right this minute showing yeah, yeah, his yeah. penis. I, I yeah, imagine yeah. he is. I got pictures of his dick right right here if you want to see him. But, you know, yeah. everybody who hasn't seen him. We all him. have it. That's my yeah. wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus. So yeah. So so please let's be careful about uh, what mess the messages from which messengers we latch on to, because please don't be the bull that chases after every uh, red flag waved in your in your direction. And and I would go on to say I saw this recent story where this woman in Austin who's like runs some kind of uh, Celtic fest in Austin. You know, they're, they're like, you know, aging hippies who have their little version of a uh, renaissance fair. Uh-huh, sure. You know, that kind of deal. So apparently the local Antifa representatives in Austin have targeted uh, this Celtic Fest, <laughs> decided that it's a, it's a KKK-affiliated uh, operation. It's, uh, um, you know... That's kick a Katie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know these people. I haven't done any research on this, but I saw this woman talking. She just looks like an aging hippie like Austin is filled with. Sure. Like any typical. And she seemed very heartbroken that she'd been targeted by it. And she yeah. said, yeah, you know, they, they contacted our, the venues that we had, um, our vendors that were all lined up, and they basically just got our whole thing shut down and it's really only this one crazy guy that runs the local Antifa chapter in Austin and is the internet presence of uh, yeah. yeah yeah zero tolerance is a is a dangerous idea you know i mean the past and the future is is i you know I, although i did hear a guy the other day that was saying well if donald trump said the n word 10 years ago that wouldn't have fo- that wouldn't bother me you know um I, I, you know, he didn't answer whether he's, if he said it yesterday or he probably said it this morning. But, um, but every time you know, he sees the, the question Lennon. is, how long are you ever forgiven? <laughs> yes. You know, that's that's another Catholic thing. You're forgiven. Yes. You, you you can get you can change, and you could, you know, if you're a a, a me too or bruiser, you know, you sure. could possibly change. Like Al Franken's thing was ten years. Yeah, but if so. you don't, you just get forgiven, and you keep being an asshole. Right, right. Well, if, keep you keep going, if you keep going, if you keep doing the, uh, yeah, the right. Harvey Weinstein business, you, you, you continue and, to be and an And Harvey Weinstein wasn't even going to confession or getting absolution. No, I don't think so. No, I don't no. think. I don't think he was going to, attending any religious uh, services, not, not, no. not uh, sincerely anyway. I'm sure no, he went he to was, a few. Everything was consensual with Harvey, though. You know, he, oh. <laughs> he, uh, it was You're consensual here. with himself. You're here, right? He, was, so yeah. that's, that's he agreed consent. with everything he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He agreed with everything he did. It's tough, man. It's tough, tough world, troubled world out it there. It is a troubled world. This is a timely podcast. Uh, it is. Uh, you know, they're always timely. So, yeah. so, Brennan, you're back in town. You've been gone. You've been up in New Jersey. You've been laying low. Yeah, I've been um, laying low. I've you've been, been recuperating uh, building, from a, yeah. bunch of, a bunch of medical stuff. Right. And, uh, but I'm back. I'm, I'm just back for a short time. It's, 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 it's hard to come back to New Orleans. And, you know, I mean, I, I miss New Orleans, but, uh, you know, I get back in the end of August and it's right, so right. I can go, perfect. Huh, yeah, yeah. I think I better get back up to New Jersey. You yes, know? yes. But, uh, but at the same time, it's it's nice to be back, and I and I'm happy to 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 be back, and that I can I can actually you know we're going to be playing a gig uh, uh, this Friday at the Circle Bar, and so I'm happy to be able to be able to do that, you know, yeah, to man. come back because uh, uh, they counted me out for a little while there. They actually made phone calls and said told people to come and visit them now because you're not going to see them. Wow. And uh, so, uh, but. You know, I you know, it, yeah, it really, prove them I, wrong I, again. People have been they, saying that about wrong. you for years, Brian. So. That's true. That's true. It's it's, it's true. Uh, but um, you know, I'm uh, yeah, I'm back, and I'm happy to be back in New Orleans, and I'm happy to uh, to be with the troubled men. Yes, and, uh, yes. So glad to have you. And you know, for all of you out there, and uh, you know, the the troubled nation. Um, if you hear this podcast, you will have already missed uh, Brendan's performance with the geraniums, but. Uh, Hopefully we'll document that in some kind of way, and uh, maybe we'll we'll attach that some of the, some of those recordings uh, 
to this uh, this podcast. So maybe they'll they'll get to go back in time to experience something that we've yet to experience. This is very interesting. It's very Burroughsy in here. We're really playing with with uh, time and space. We're yeah. I mean, I think we're quantum. We're going quantum. We're going quantum. I can feel it. I feel like I'm in two places at the same time. I feel like I'm going viral. Yeah, well, that's retro viral. Same thing. <laughs> but, but yeah, there's a there's a, there's a quantum thing. Here. Indeed. Well, there always has been about the geraniums. You know, we uh, I don't know if you listened to the pod to Jeff's podcast. I did. Where, uh, you know, we talked about the spiritual nature of the the geraniums experience. You know, it's a bit of a drunken prayer to God. Well, I heard a nice thing today about uh, Tom Petty said. He would. He said, "If I felt the holiness with the heartbreakers, and then and and, and you remember you said that to me about yes. the, about the geraniums that there was a certain, you know, religiosity or some uh, maybe that's the right word. Holiness is probably the right uh, word. Uh, spiritual nature. And it. and yes. Tom Tom Petty said, you know, he, if if he lost that, they would probably break up. You know, and that's that I thought was a very nice. Nice thing to say. Yeah, man. You see, when you start talking like that, I actually have a, a physical reaction. I, I, I feel like, you know, people say, like, you know, the Holy Spirit. It's like, I don't know what that is. But when we tap into that, that level of emotion, emotionalism, I mean, I have a, a physical, physiological response that I could say, you know, were I still a Catholic, I would say, well, that's the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 w- I would see that as, a, you know, as, as the... You know, I, I I'm not sure what what religion meant to me, but it also meant to me that kind of baloney of the way you talk about the way you talk about the world about it. You felt you felt you were part of a a bigger institution of spirit of 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 life. You know that that is creativity, and and it wasn't it isn't it isn't priests molesting kids. It's 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 creativity, and it's and it's caring for the poor yes. and that's caring for the other people and and that's the that's a community of of catholics and not the you know this other stuff is is a shame you know but i, I you know it's it's a shame that it, it would and good people everywhere it's it's a it's a characteristic of good people everywhere not just catholics but you yeah know. good people everywhere yeah and, and you know people People have, uh, you know, Catholics have a word for it, you know, they, they call it the Holy Spirit, you know, Jews have a, another word for it, you know, the, the, and, but every, or many religions have, you know, they express, use different words to express similar ideas. Um, oh, I had a good thought, I was, I'm losing it. Uh, you know, sometimes I think about, now I'm really going off the deep end, if Manny were here, he would be... He'd save you. He'd be saving me? He'd save you with a lead... From myself, you mean? From going lead down Lead life this, preserver. Going down, <laughs> going down this path. Uh, you the lead life path. preserver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway... But, um, no, uh, the, the, the act of playing with um, people you've played with for 20 years is very sacred. Um, there's, to me, it's... It's about vulnerability. It's about yes. being open to um, kind of not knowing. Yes. I mean, the geraniums, when we play together, one thing that always hits me is I, I don't, as a guitar player, I don't ever play an entire chord. Right. Um, you know, the, 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 I, I expect, I hope, that the other people in the band will fill in those blanks, and that will be part of what propels the music forward is the trade-off of who's... Where the root lives, who's holding on to it who's, for that measure? Who's taking the reins at that one moment? We're, we're trading the reins, we're passing the reins amongst ourselves. Well, that happens when you really do believe in the people you're playing with entirely. Where yes. you, you have no fear about um, mistakes uh, or se- you don't second guess things. And in a sense, that's kind of a sacrifice of the ego, you know, that you're... you're, you're um, volunteering control to to the the group think. Yes, you know you're not trying to just drive it. Like especially you're not trying to do this thing which I despise. If I'm ever playing with anybody and they start playing like it sounds like they had some shit that they worked on at their house all week and now they're going to get it out. I'm like, oh fuck you, just go fuck yourself. You know, <laughs> like I, I really want to fucking hear you know what you practice this week. You, uh, you and I have nothing in common. We do not understand music in the same way. We do not have. Mm. We don't even approach life in the same way. If that's your, if that's your thing, you know, like and and again, the getting back to the geraniums. The geraniums leave enough space 
for God to walk in the room. And if you play in a, in a manner that takes up all the space, God will go, no, that's cool. I'm, I'm cool. I got plenty of other stuff to worry about. <laughs> I don't need to come in, in your room. But if you, if you have that, that, that confidence and that surrender to the experience and to the, the group activity, you leave enough, enough room for God to walk in the room and something, something surprising and special and holy can happen. Yeah, well, there's a, definitely a relationship between prayer and song, and that it's and that that I think is, mm-hmm. I feel that a lot of times, you know. I said, uh, you know, I just but mostly I'm praying and get through the goddamn song. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we all are. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's our know. that's our communal prayer. That's that a, actually could be the uniting force. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please, Brendan, get the fuck through the exactly song. Do it. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh Jesus! Well, you know, Jeff. Jeff, long ago, when I when I brought up this idea of you know the, of this being like a prayerful thing, Jeff, Jeff said, "Well, you know, prayer is uh, you know intention and time, or intention in a in a certain time frame, or attention in a certain time frame." I thought, okay, sure, just as a totally secular description of prayer that works you know you cannot believe in anything but you still be still have a prayerful experience i mean not believe in anything um supernatural and still have a contemplative prayerful approach to things sure i mean i i I'm, i would say i pretty much still agree with that with with what you said with what i may have said <laughs> <laughs> well uh, i think it's about time to take a little break and get uh, some some uh, refresh some more rocks here. yeah yeah okay uh we'll take a little break here and be right back and we're back for the uh, second set with uh my uh substitute co-host mr jeff treffinger and our illustrious guest mr brendan gallagher say hello folks hey Hello. Yeah. All right. Now we know you're there. Just to, everybody can get a spatial idea of where you are in the room, where you are in their heads. Because you know, I, I got into podcasts or starting to wanting to have a podcast because I was a podcast fan. What I loved about podcasts, I mean, I like all different kinds, but a particular kind that I was attracted to is these ones that it's just people who are friendly with each other, who have a rapport, who you know, I can listen to, and it makes me feel less alone. It makes me, it's like company. You know, they don't, it's not demanding of me. Just something I can have, it, it keeps me out of my own head because I'm one of those people that, like, if I wake up in the middle of the night and, uh, you know, my, my brain is just spinning out. I'm just cycling out of control in, in my, you know, inner thoughts, uh, you know, self-talk, which is not all positive. <laughs> I mean, that may come as a surprise to some. But, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not all positive up here. Well, pod, podcast is therapy is a good really? idea. Really? Yeah. There's a lot of, lot, of, lot of rough shit going on. So anyway, I discovered that... I'm you know, okay. You're a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I discovered that, you know, being able to tap into this, have, have that have the podcast replace my uh you know sketchy inner dialogue was so soothing and comforting that i was able to fall back asleep and i still use it like that and and but then i use it during the daytime and i i can't fall asleep during the daytime never have been so it's 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 not dangerous i can listen to it i think a lot of podcasts are are you get a chance to control the narrative. You know, that's everyone wants to do that in their own life and every bit right. thing. You know, you I'm going to listen to I'm gonna, this. I'm controlling the narrative here, and that's a great thing. And it's, mm-hmm. that's very, they're very therapeutic, I would think. It yeah. is. Yeah, I, I don't have a radio in my car. Right. So I. Uh, I don't anymore. I, I, I well, listen to on, podcasts. In what's my on car. radio? They use, you know my favorite radio show in New Orleans, which was the longest running radio show in New Orleans, which is Tom Fitzmorris's food show, which is uh-huh. fucking fantastic. Yep. Shout out to Tom Fitzmorris. Tom, if you ever hear this, we'd love to have you as a guest. I think That's I may great. reach out to you. I'm just having a... Sometimes I get ideas. I'll try to write it down in my notebook. Um, if not, I'll hear it on this podcast and write it down then. If he's not at Upper Line. 
That's his favorite. He loved Upper Line. He did. Well, what's not to love about the Upper Line? That's true. It's Actually, great. I've never been to Upper Line. Oh, it's a great restaurant. Really, oh, yeah. Really uh-huh. Delicious food. But so I would listen to Tom Fitzmaurice every day. He had a. You know, I did that too. He had a food show six days a week for three hours a day. Mm-hmm. And it was only about restaurants and meals that people have eaten or food that you cook at home. And. Only in New Orleans, again, it's a cliched phrase, but I swear to God, where else would people not just, I mean, in New York, you could have, you could have such a, uh, a radio show, but would people listen? Would people treat it in the same kind of uh, precious way the, the, that we did with the show? And, and it was such a community. And now <clears throat> you cannot hear him on broadcast radio That's they, right. they sell you the, they, they give you this line of bullshit about well I'm now on we're now on HD radio so uh, you know you should get an HD radio what the fuck is HD radio and who's going to buy one of those Jesus Christ no he was drive time too yeah yeah like four to seven it was a drive time food show yeah. which is just insane no, and it's like he—he he was the first one to t- that would recognize it as being insane. Yeah, well, he's a very congenial guy. Is he still oh. operating? He's oh, still yeah. doing he, the yeah, show. He's, yeah, he's still, HD. Still on HD. on HD radio. If you uh-huh. can, and now if 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 I could find it as a podcast, maybe I haven't tried in a while. You know, tried uh, tried to find it as an on demand thing because uh, you know I would listen to old shows. Frankly, it's, it doesn't doesn't matter to me. You know what I used to love in the old days, Jeff? You'll remember this. He would uh, have like a joke sponsor every day. Um, he'd say like, uh, um, "I don't know if Spank- I listen to him." In Spanky's those days. frog legs, and then he'd go into a, like a short little bit about some frog legs in a can. <laughs> it's so, you know, so he's, absurd. He's such a weird man. And yet, you know, he had all these protocols. Like he wouldn't go to a restaurant until it was a year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't write the, a review. He just he wouldn't even go in the yeah, door. Yeah, don't go. Don't. He'd say he'd tell, tell people. He'd say, "Have you gone to this new place?" He'd go, "No, I don't go to any place." I think it was actually six months until at least six months of that operation. Be true. He goes, "Cause yeah. you're not going to get a, you know, it's going to be the big rush of all the the people that just want to jump on the new thing. The kitchen's not going to be have all the kinks worked out." You're not going to get a, a true representation. It's not going to be as good as it could be later on. I actually called him once and talked to him about it. Were you nervous? No. I would, I would have been so nervous. No, no, I wasn't nervous at all. It was interesting because I was coming off a fast. Okay. I had been fasting for 10 days, and I wanted to ask 10 him. 10 days? What, what are you, Jesus? Absolutely not. The, I just wanted to ask him what I thought the first thing I should eat was. Oh, Okay. And he said the same thing, more or less. He's like, why are you doing this? And I couldn't really give him a good answer. I didn't want to kill airtime with my bullshit. But we ended up with a bouillabaisse. Oh, really? Yeah, he thought a tomato stock, light fish, that I could use some protein. He was very, you know, very mindful of... Seems a little acidic to me. Well, Well, one time I was on a fast, and I I, um, it was just like a three-day fast. I tried to do it in Minneapolis. I was living in Minneapolis. And I, I went to the Walker Art Center for a show. And at the intermission, I said, well, I'm going to break my fast now. And so they had oatmeal cookies and a scotch. I had oatmeal cookies <laughs> and a scotch. And the oatmeal cookie... Ate my inside of my mouth up because it hadn't been, you know, it had been, it been, had any kind of any kind of fiber in it, right? It's so I, solid. My yeah. mouth was like all scratched up from the oatmeal cookie, yeah. And then the scotch, the scotch helped though. The scotch, scotch helped. helped. Didn't it hurt. Always helps. <laughs> it always helps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. God damn it. Well, you know, uh, yeah. So Tom Fitzmorris, we love you. Where'd you go? I know you're still doing it, and uh, we're going to bring you back. We're going to bring you back to the uh, the Trouble Men podcast for real. Now, there's a Jesuit boy. You could talk Catholic Church with him, and he'd you know, probably get pissed off at you. I, he went to Jesuit. Oh, good. I don't think he'd get pissed off, man. You don't I, think? I, I think he'd he'd be like kind of like Brennan. He'd be like, eh, you know, uh, it'd be a lot. Like, yeah, what can you do other than some heavy sighing in the face of all this? You know, it's like. Even you're you're trying to remain faithful to the church, but they ain't making it easy, are they? They're not. No, no, <laughs> they're not. And um, I hope they're making it. Uh, I hope we make it less easy for them. Well, you know, I let's think. let's please let's all get our houses in order. Let's fucking do whatever it needs to be done to stop fucking children. Okay. Um, uh, speaking of children, <laughs> I'm going to go back to. Uh, and uh, and and getting back to my crushing loneliness as a child, uh, 
which, you know, someone said to me the other day, like, God, Renee, you just never want to be by yourself. And I thought, that's actually kind of true. And I was trying to think, why is that? And I was the, what I hit on was, you know, the, I didn't have a sibling until I was like almost six years old, five and a half. And those first four or five years, I, it, I was just so, so lonely. We lived in a neighborhood that it was just me and all 60-year-olds, you know. So I had my, a whole gaggle of 60-year-old friends, you know, who I would sit with while they smoked cigarettes and drank Dixie beer. But, you know... We didn't have a lot in common, other than Dixie beer and the cigarettes. But you know. I would say I would I was stop it at the cigarettes. Yeah, like, yeah. I've never seen you with the Dixie beer. Yeah, well, you, know, <laughs> you have had, seen me with a cigarette. That's what I mean. But not in over ten years. No, no, no have not good. have not had a puff of a cigarette. Endless no, congratulations. Oh, you, were, you. you were you were you were you were the guy with the nicotine patch, the gum, and the cigarette. And the cigarette. <laughs> that's right. Well, well Alex, I, I used to think Alex Chilton with the. <laughs> With the cigarette put into the the, fret, the headstock, the yeah, headstock yeah, yeah, that yeah. I thought was that was beyond. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, well, I actually got to the point, and I learned this from uh, from David Lasty, the great New Orleans drummer. I think that's I think it was David. I may be confusing a saxophone player with the the drummer, whatever the Lasty brother who's the drummer, um, who played so good. And I used to go see these guys play in the French Market on Sundays when I was a teenager, and I was learn play bass and i would go uh stand on the side and watch him play and the lasty brothers had this amazing uh interpretation of the eighth note and the way they could play eighth notes was so swinging and kind of laid back but almost straight up and down at the same time but against the swing rhythm it really gave you that rock and roll feel that you know new orleans rock and roll feel anyway the drummer smoked paul malls and he would put a Pall Mall filterless, you know, like whatever, 100 millimeter cigarette in his mouth and he'd light it and he would never take it out. And he would play drums and he would let that thing burn down and he would smoke on it. And the smoke's going right in his eyes and he's just smoking on it until it was like, you know, about an inch long. And he'd pull it out and put it out and light another one. And I thought, how can that guy do that? The smoke's going right in his eyes. And I even smoked at this time. Now, I eventually got to the point where I could light a Paul Ball cigarette and have it in my mouth and play a whole several songs and then take it out, put it out, yeah. <laughs> and put another one in my mouth. It's a prop. <laughs> uh, you know, you get used to anything. Um, so, so uh, you know, we're pivoting off of my crushing loneliness as a child. Um, in By the way, I'm really sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, me too. Uh, no, well, you funny. know, I, I, when I was in high school, I, I, my high school, my Catholic high school closed because all the nuns got married and the priests, all uh, the nuns priests, got priests were, priests were uh, up to no good. In one of those moon, <laughs> was that the moon wedding and the moon wet Mooney wedding in uh, at Madison Square Garden? They all get. Married. Oh yeah, no, no, but they they, they left and uh, that's actually and, a good line, Brennan. I want to point out uh, all the nuns, all got, the nuns married, got married, all and the, the priests, priests were up to no good. <laughs> up to, yeah, but they 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 the, 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 and they the, had to close the school. Right itself. They there. had to close the school. They had and, to close uh, the school. And they and so we we I was line. I was sent to. I was sent to the secular school, Waldeck High School, but I, you know, so I got there and I was, so I was a nobody at, you know, having okay, a big shot this? sophomore year in high school. So I was a big shot at, at the Catholic school, but I get to the public school and I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm just a nobody. So right. I would, you know, I just go out by myself and read and and be by myself. And I had a teacher said to me, you know, you got to be careful because you're going to start to like to be alone. Oh wow! And I ah, thought that was a nice thing that's to a say. Very smart you know? thing to say. And uh, and I said. I already do, you know. Already do. <laughs> Too late, <laughs> and, 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 you know. And wouldn't mind if a, if a girl took. Is if that a, girl a bad took, thing? If a girl took it, 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 you know, cared about me, I would be all right. But right. this other thing was, you know. Yeah, these, if you've known the company I've kept, I'm better off alone. <laughs> I'm better off alone. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I remember where where I grew up. The Catholic school ended in eighth grade. It only went up to eighth grade. So all the Catholic school kids in ninth grade came to the public junior high school. Oh, okay. And 70 to 90% of them went absolutely nuts <laughs> with, the, with the, lib, the freedom. You're right, right. I mean, you know, they were like the craziest kids because they had been suppressed. It's like the preacher's daughter. Well, they have been suppressed for so many years. There were so many things they couldn't do. There were so many rules um, that when they got into a public, you know, public high school, my God, 
I mean, I was like afraid of their fucking... So you didn't go to, to Catholic high school? I did not go to Catholic high school. I, mean, you, I went you, to catechism throughout my public see, school See, that's what education. I had to do. I always went to public school, but I had to go to catechism on Saturday. Uh-huh. I went Sunday. Sunday. I okay. went to confession on Saturday. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, that was the ritual, confession on Saturday. Then you would have to go to church Sunday and sit with the catechism class. You couldn't. You didn't sit with your family. You sat alphabetically, okay. boy, girl. But then you also had uh, actual catechism class outside of Mass. After Mass. After Mass, okay. After Mass, we went into the Catholic school, which was associated with our church. Right. And we went into one of the classrooms, and we either had a priest or a, uh, a nun. And that went on until the event of my uh, confirmation. Okay. When my... Sponsor, remember you had a sponsor. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. My sponsor was my uncle Sal, who okay. was a drywall contractor in Newark. Right, and we sat owes me money. <laughs> we like, we go, sit, go on. We sat alphabetically. Uh, you know, Anthony Stazone. <laughs> Stazone. Stazone. Anthony Stazone was good, right next to me. Good Italian uh, name. <laughs> oh yeah, Anthony had a very good Italian family. Upstanding. Yes, and he sat. He sat to my left, and his sponsor. Sat to my uncle's left, uh-huh. and uh, when I got up to the you know to the altar and the bishop is giving you communion, they had a fist fight. No, oh, my uncle fine. has got Getting his ahead. hands; he's squeezing the fuck out of my shoulder like inordinately hard. Uh-huh. And I turn around, look at my uncle Sal, and he's just got those big Southern Italian eyes, just like looking at me. And I'm like to myself, I'm like, what the fuck. Right? So I receive communion, get through the thing, go home, get back to my house, and the first thing he corners me, he goes, You did not tell me I was going to be sitting next to Tony Stazone, <laughs> <laughs> whom he owed uh, shit pots of money. Oh, fuck. <laughs> had, had been avoiding him successfully. That's successfully good. until the moment of the high religious experience. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's like an episode of The Sopranos. Nice, man. I like That's it. That's a real sponsor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> he was none too happy. Wow, man. Ah, you know, I think they exchanged phone numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one your, your, your sponsor gave was not a, real, not a legit number. <laughs> if I know my Uncle Sal. Yeah. <laughs> whom I love dearly. Yeah, yeah. It was the, uh, the, the number to the local uh, uh, Greyhound bus station. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Um, okay. So anyway, uh, yes uh, Catholic school Catholic school, my crushing uh, uh, childhood You know, there's a new show My new favorite show on television It's on the Arts and Entertainment Network Some people know it as A&E You're familiar with A&E? I'm in New familiar Orleans, with it's the on, It's on channel 23 Or if you have HD, it's on 1023 <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I like to just really dive in. <laughs> Go real the deep. Weeds, yeah. Yeah. So you go by all the auction yeah. sites and the porn pay per view sites. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's after all those. Um, so this new show is called Raising Tourette's. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. It's the greatest show is it? ever. So the whole time I was growing up, I was the tickiest kid I knew. Now, you may have a hard time believing that, or you may not have such a hard time believing that about me. Um, but uh, because I have almost no ticks now, I'll say almost. But at, are we talking insects? Uh, uh-huh. No, like like ticks. Like so, you know, I had a whole menu of ticks, and and this is, you'll see this if you watch the show. Uh, it comes on every Wednesday night as a new episode. Uh, I believe nine nine p.m. Central. Uh, Raising Tourette's. Anyway, they 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 uh, follow. Uh, the the trials and travails and triumphs of uh, of uh, several children uh, from adolescence to uh, later teens who are all suffering from Tourette syndrome and now these people have severe versions of Tourette syndrome where they they have severe tics now mine they're always severe if they're yours and mine was were severe severe enough to where uh, I was constantly disciplined in this, in the, with the idea that this is a willful expression that makes no sense, and you're just doing this 
for what God knows what reason. Again, I would like to go back in time and go, well, what, why do you think a seven-year-old would do this thing that gets them slapped and they continue to do it just because I'm so compliant in every other aspect of my life? What kind of thing was it? So, so one of the ones I would do, I'd go, <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> so I had like, uh, like <clears throat> chronic uh, throat clearing. And then I would do another one where I'd crinkle up my nose. <laughs> do that one, had that one for a while and some they kind of some fade in that you have them for a while then they kind of you know they switch um then i was also like a nail biter to where and that's the last one that i that i shed is i bit my nails like till every till all 10 nail beds bled and, Ooh, and, yeah. and they like i could not shave off if you, you've maybe only seen people like this a few times in your life as bad as i was um so 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 I see this show and and, and now I didn't discover that there was even a name for this or it was even a thing other than my insanity until I was an, an adult and at that time I still only had the nail biting thing. Now you know how I lost the nail biting thing is when I got the black box, i.e. the brain tuner. Look it up, people. Anybody out there that has any kind of compulsive or uh, you know, physiological, like the Tourette's type syndrome type symptoms, uh, Google the uh, brain tuner. Uh, I'm not a physician. I'm not uh, licensed to make any recommendations or, or prescribe any treatments. I will only say as an experimental uh, therapeutic tool, you may or may not receive benefit from this. It cured me of chronic nail biting. Now, I started using it to quit smoking cigarettes, among other things, in about 1998. After two weeks of using this, the, the, uh, it's a cranial electrostimulation device, and it sits, has those electrodes. Jeff, you've seen me use this I've way back then. Yeah, yeah. It has uh, like a hoop that, that uh, the electrodes sit in the, the, the well um, right below your ear and right above your, sure. your, the, uh, the joint of your jaw, just that little, that little depression there. Sits there and you use it for 20 minutes a day. After two weeks of using this thing, I suddenly looked at my nails and went, wow, I haven't had the impulse to put my hands in my mouth in several days. In fact, they're actually starting to grow back. And now that I'm aware of this, I still don't have it. Right. So, so those things uh, is uh, left, right, left, right, left, right. It's, it goes... Back and yeah, forth. yeah, it it, uh, it 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 sends a, a polarity neutral, um, 111 cycle square wave through your brain, and it's all it's a rush. Does it change sides, um, directions? Probably so. It's I probably it alternating. Yeah. Um, but it's polarity neutral, which is key because if it's not like if you put like a regular tens unit, you know those tens like a muscular stimulation kind of thing. If you put a tens unit on your head, it will scramble your brain because it's because of the, uh, the polar orientation of your brain cells. I Is it magnetic? Is that... It's electromagnetic. It's, um, you know, it just, it's like a buzzing sensation that you feel. Um, it's not unpleasant. In fact, it's quite pleasant once you get used to it. Um, ah. But uh, anyway, that, that actually, uh, I was thinking, I was watching this last night because I have such empathy for these kids. And these are kids that have severe, acute, examples of Tourette's syndrome where like they can't get a haircut they're jerking around so much and now they're aware of it and, I, and so this one the, one of the younger kids on the the thing he might be like nine or something he was trying to explain to the camera what it feels like he said people just say stop doing it he goes I would say it's like saying don't blink it's like you cannot blink for a certain amount of time but you're gonna blink Sure. Can't not blank. I just blinked. Yeah. So all of these I'm ticks gonna. are uh, are it's it's like that. It's a certain kind of it's a it it builds up a uh, it's an involuntary response that kind of builds up and then you just have to express it. Now it's all about me. I see. That's this, I didn't mean. Yeah, that's good. Well, you're on the rocks. I mean, it is Renee on the rocks. No, that's yeah, good. But it's, I, it's really we have uh, the illustrious Brendan Gallagher as our guest. So so uh, uh, did you ever have a tick? Well, you know, I, I stuttered when I was a kid, and yeah, uh, really, and I really bad stuttering, and you know, it was worse in school because you know you got to 
every time you get up, you know, and then mock you. Yeah, so it was a bad thing. But I realized how it worked. You know, I I said I said, you know what? Just don't start too quick. You know, stop every time they ask you something. Wait, wait till you're ready to talk. And I learned it. I learned it myself. Sing. Maybe it is. That's it. It probably is. It probably is. I just said, okay, wait until till you can do it. Right. And then do it. Don't rush in because you're going to do it. Right. And so I, and I, I learned. And I, it was like one of the first things I was actually proud of myself, even as a little kid. There you you go. Know, I didn't talk to anybody else about it. I didn't have any. Nobody gave you that strategy. Nobody gave you me that strategy. I just said, out. the problem is I start too quick. I, right. start, I start in and I, I'm not ready. Da, 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 da. Right. And so then, uh, so, and, and I, I realized, you know, I still stutter once in a while. But really? I, uh, I realized I never, that. I've uh, never even noticed that about you. Yeah, no, I, I, but I, I, was, I was very proud of myself to learn. To, to learn so to do So that was all, nobody ever told you that? You just figured it out? I just figured it out. I said, look, what's the, what's my, you know, it was like a real kid thing. It's like, man, this sucks. You know, this sucks. <laughs> I can't take I, this I can't abuse. Do it. I, can't, I can't talk at school. I can't do anything. I said, maybe. What could I do to do it? I said, let's just wait before you talk. And then I said, okay. And I, and I would go, okay. They'd ask me a question. I'd go, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and then I would answer the question properly. You know, I wouldn't try. And actually, to be- that's a super effective public speaking. Well, it's just plain yeah. good advice. It's yeah, plain yeah. good advice for anything. Yeah, for sure. Collect yourself. Here's what that does. Uh, oh, you see, I'm a, God. I'm so bad at this. I was about to just relate it to something that's <laughs> in <right>. my own past. <laughs> Which was, it's like things that children figure out for themselves. And, you know, again, uh, uh, I have a lot of negative self-talk. And and as a high school student, I would get on the the school bus uh, on uh, the West Bank and the bus to Ben Franklin. And the typical thing as a freshman is, you know, you kind of look at the ground and you just, you know, walk down the aisle till you find the first open seat and you sit down. So after a couple of months of that, I thought... What if I? Uh, what would happen if I walk to the top of the stairs in the bus and I stop and I look down both rows and I make eye contact with everybody on the bus while I hold up the line behind me and I just stare the bus down and then I pick the best seat on the bus and then I walk to that looking, making eye contact with it. now now. People are looking away from me now. It's like, oh, is that that's that's how easy this yeah, yeah, is, yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> so then I go and sit in the best seat, like between like some junior girl and some guy that's that likes me because he's three years older than me, but he knows I'm into music and he likes to talk about music. So now I'm in the fucking catbird seat and like, wow, well that was really that was pretty easy. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it's amazing how we stand in our own way. <laughs> I tell you, man. You know, and, and, and yeah, so, so with that device that you developed, you actually cured your stuttering. Well, I, I, yeah, I cured away. my stuttering, but it more it cured my problem. You know, it's like yeah. I was, you know, I was miserable knowing that I was going to stutter. And, and, and so it, it, that was like, wait a minute, I don't have that problem anymore. Yeah, stuttering's a symptom of the problem. Wow. Yeah, the social was, anxiety. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, it was... I, I, I actually was like for the first time that I was actually proud of myself. I said, yeah, man. Oh, you figured that out. You know, you, you, you yeah, know you're not the dumb fuck that you, you know, everybody else thinks you are. <laughs> you figured that out. And, and uh, God, you know, well, all pats on the back will be self-administered here in the trouble. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough when you're that young to have that pride. I mean, I also think that there's something about the Catholic education to go back there and and, and the proximity to that that. That just inspires guilt over yes. everything. Shame. Everything you do yes. is you're worried about it. You're afraid it's a sin. It's not a sin. It's a borderline sin. It's a major league sin. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time I felt that kind of pride was when I we had a great priest in my rec, in my in my parish, Father Benelli, who died very young. And it, it, it really affected me because he was he was fantastic. The guy was true blue, awesome, um, and he, he you know left some craggly old million year old guy in his in his in wake. His, in his wake. <laughs> but I remember going to confession, and you know you go to the booth, and 
priest opens the thing. Snaps back. They always snap that door open. Well, they snap the door open, but Father Benelli had a very sort of relaxed way of opening it. And, and of course, everybody, you can tell it was Father Benelli because you could hear his voice. And, you know, I got through the bless me, Father, and, and, and... Gave up my sins for the week. And um, at the end of it, he goes, is there anything else? I said, Father Benelli, is, is there a booth where we get to tell all the good things we did? <laughs> wow. That's or good. is there time where we do this? <laughs> can we meet outside? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have coffee or something? <laughs> is, you know, because I, I really, it's, it, I said, it's, 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 it, it scares me every week to come in here. Right. And it scares me to... You know, sometimes I invent sins because I yes. feel like you need the sins. We all do. Yeah. You know, to, 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 if I came in here and I had no sins, you wouldn't believe me. Right, right. right. And he assured me he would believe me. He wasn't that, like that. But, he, but right. he did say that he thought it to be a good idea that we had, we had equal time for, for good deeds, that, that, and, uh, although nothing ever came of it. Right. I remember walking that's, home that's, from that's, confession that's, thinking, that was... That, that stuck. That was a good idea. I had that good idea. That was, you know, that was yeah, my man. idea. Yeah. That is good. And, uh, good, to, good to talk back to break the pattern of the, of the the confessional. It was a good idea. Yeah, you know, to ask a question of, hey, you know, what's going on here? Yeah, let's let's put you on the spot here. Yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's the, turn the tables. <laughs> By the way, I know it's you, Father Benelli. I don't care what kind of glass y'all bought. Yeah, <laughs> the screen so, is bullshit, man. I can, I can see you need to shave. <laughs> So, Brendan, um, you know, I had some notes here I'm going to go back to. So you're down from New Jersey, take care of some uh, nasty business, uh, some, uh, some, some uh, property business. Oh, it's just simply changing my homestead exemption from one house to another. Okay, well, you're talking about the assessor's office, so it's all Right, nas- so it, and then August business. is particularly nasty it's at the assessor's nasty. office. Yeah. So now I want to make sure, are you sure that you turned off the iron in, in New Jersey? <laughs> well, I, actually, my... Uh, my friend Betty is taking care of the. Be sure the iron is off. I probably left it on, but she's turned it off. Well, that's good. She's, good. she's I got have it one off. of those too. Yeah, yeah. She. Um, well, you know, Betty. Well. Betty uh, to, to 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 you know, Betty. Literally, I mean, literally, not not figurative, not in any other way. Betty saved my life. The yes. doctor was going to kill me. Wow. The doctor was, said, "Let him go." Let oh, him Jesus. go. And Betty said, well, you know, I don't think we ought to let him go. <laughs> and, and the other doctor, one other doctor agreed with her. Oh, you know? wow. And, uh, and he said, well, no, we don't, we're not going to do it. And the guy called her on his car phone, and he was on his way to North Carolina. And he called her on the car phone and said, Betty, I'm, I'm going to, you know, this is Dr. Prowhow or something like that. He said, uh, uh, and, I, and I said, and he said, you know, he's, he's not going to make it. He's going to be dead. Oh, and Jesus. And... Betty, Betty went, you know, Betty, Betty hung up and goes, holy shit, he's dead. Then she called him back and said, wait a minute. And then she went to the hospital uh-huh. at three in the morning uh-huh. and talked to the other doctor and said, okay. She said, what, what is this? What's going on here? And the other doctor at the hospital said, well, we're not going to just, you know, we're not going to kill him. You know, we're, we're, well, that we're, other guy is the other guy. The other guy says he's. <laughs> Thank God he's on his way and to wherever. No, no, we're gonna we're gonna keep going. And uh, and I saw this Parhar a bunch of times afterwards. You know, uh, when I was coming back, you know, right. he'd come in a lot of times, and he, he was kind of kind of disappointed yeah, that I was I, that I didn't die. God but I, I tell you, I think doctors are like priests. I, I'm going to make this: the priests and nuns. Sure, doctors Nothing suck. Back. Doctors suck. Doctors yeah. are too full of themselves, too crazy, overpaid, too yes. oddly think. But the nurses are fantastic. You know, yes. the nurses are like nuns. They, yes. they do the job. They, they, they were self-sacrificing, completely good to me. They, the nurses brought me back completely. I had, wow. I had every kind of nurse, Filipino, every, they were all great to me. Everyone, and I, and I, I thought, wow, these people love me. You know, they, they're really great to me. Wow. And then... I hear them down the hall to the next guy doing the same thing. They yeah. were just as good to the next guy. They're good people. They were good people, and they're working hard, and they, ha- they don't get paid enough. And no. they, a lot of them told me, oh, I want to move to Florida, but I can't retire because my health care benefits here cover my whole family. Right. And they, so they couldn't ever leave the nursing, but they were great. They were great people, and they were really – I mean, I couldn't believe them. I mean, when I was, like, completely out of it, I had these guys that without, you know, without – any kind of condescension, you know, or like looking at me like I was a, a, a loser or anything like that. Right. They would pick me up. I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk. I, I, I you know, they clean my, they clean up my shit. They right. do literally, yeah. and 
do everything without making me feel the least bit un unhuman or un, right, right, un you know right, they right. made me feel good about myself they yeah. treat me like i was great you know right. like i thought i was better than better than right. you know and i i i you deserve this level of care i deserve it level of care and i deserve you know and they they liked me and they were they weren't doing it for any reason beyond that it was really really spectacular they're, they're good people they, have, they were good people they i had this guy in their hearts i guess yeah. jeremiah he he had gone on a, a, a religious thing he played gospel music or folk music in in russia Oh. Religious folk music, wow. but he anyway he was, he he was a big guy, and I at the time I couldn't walk. I was at, just out of the, at, I'd been laid up for three weeks without moving, right. so I couldn't even move. You were in a coma. I was in a coma, and so well, they yeah, picked me up. You can't move, and that's right. Yeah, so but then your 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 muscles and everything. Coma's are out. not a shed. Jeremiah, I remember seeing him come in the room, <laughs> and he's a big, he's a he's a good, handsome looking guy, and he comes in, and, and I I thought to me to my own self, he said, this guy could. Pick me up and carry yeah, me. You yeah. can do everything for me. And I saw him right away. Go, Jeremiah, pick me up. Put me in the chair. Yeah. And and he did it. And he did it. And he did it with such grace and such, like you know, Generosity. to be the weakest person on earth right. at, and and have these people treat you like you were, you know, valuable and strong. Yes. You know, yes. it was just really terrific. Man. So, you're a lucky man. I am. I am very lucky. I. I, I and so I, are uh, we. Yes. Well, I, you know, it's. Uh, We'll see on Friday. We're troubled, but we're <laughs> I'm lucky. troubled. You know, I'm, I'm still a troubled, troubled man, but we're lucky. I'm still a troubled man, but I, I'm, I'm happier. I'm less troubled to know that there are uh, medical professionals that are nurses that are right on and doing yeah. their job, and, and every day they're doing it, and they're doing it for, you know, for the other thing. I, you know, and I also say Obamacare. You know, that's what I had. I had yeah. Obamacare, and I got incredibly good care. Yes. And uh, it was Obamacare, and it was Medicare. Really, it really was just sure. Medicaid. Yeah, and uh, and they did everything for me. Government you know? health care works, but you yes. know, they, there was a little bit of they fucked up on my care. The doctors yeah. fucked up, so I was a little bit of a uh, a thing. They had to take care of me. They okay. had to treat me well right. at this hospital and at that uh, Riverview Hospital in Red Bank, New right. Jersey. Shout out, but. But they're fantastic. I mean, the, the nurses there. Alex McMurray. Oh, okay. Alex McMurray. Mm, shout and, out to Alex McMurray. But the, but yes, uh, but there are good people in the world. That's the the upshot of your story. There are good yes. people in the world, and there are a lot of them. Like you were saying, that maybe ninety percent of the priests are good. I, you know, I don't know about that, but ninety percent of these nurses were very good. Or and, higher and, than ninety percent, probably. Probably. And, probably. You know, I'm 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 really touched that with the hell you've been through in the last you name the number of months that this is where you are this is what you see right it's yeah. not about your pain it's not about what you went through it's it's the beauty that you saw that other people were capable of i mean that's yeah no it was it was not very, where everybody you know, who've been through what you've been through would come out with yeah no. you don't get to 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 Die and come back that often, you know. Right. And I, and, uh, and I remember Daffy Duck said, "I can only do this once." <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, well, you, you only live twice. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've heard Ian that. Fleming's idea, yes, but yes. The, um, uh, but you know, yeah, no, it was it was good, and I and I definitely admired Betty and the and these nurses. They, you know, I would be dead now, you know, and and it was, and then you know, incrementally, I understood. Then then I said, oh, you know, I, I remember that there was a. a a thing there's this place up in New York State where it's called Sam's Point, where this guy it's called this guy supposedly jumped off. He was being chased by Indians supposedly, and he jumped off the the cliff on his horse. Uh-huh. And and but he, before he jumped off, he said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna devote my life to to God and to everything if I can live through this thing, you know." Right. And so he jumps off, and he lands in the trees, and he and he lives. You know, he, uh-huh. he lands on the trees, soft ball, and he's yeah. soft landing, and he uh, lives. And they go, well, you're not going to donate your life to, to God now? And he goes, well, no, it was the trees that did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't think of a better way to close than that. It was the trees that did it, folks. Yeah. And, uh, God, I'm so glad that we're here with you, Brendan, and can't wait to play this gig tomorrow with uh, the full band. We have uh, uh, Brendan, Jeff Traffinger. We have uh, uh, Gerald McCullough. We have uh, Damon Shea and uh, myself, Renee Coleman, will be... Uh, making the scene over at the Circle Bar. And uh, if you can travel back in time, come check out the gig tomorrow. And uh, as we say on, on the uh, Troubled Men podcast, 
that uh, trouble never ends, but uh, the struggle continues. And well, thank you, Trouble Nation, for this. It's only going to get worse. That's <laughs> all. Everything tonight